Hello, everybody, and welcome to the latest Skewed and Reviewed Skewedcast. I'm Gareth, creator of Skewed and Reviewed. You can catch us online at SKNR.net as we cover all things movies, games, television, travel, entertainment, pop culture, technology, and more. You can also catch us at Pinal, P-I-N-A-L-Central.com, keyword skewed, and that is where you can see our uh, game reviews for a network of uh, 10 papers in 21 markets. The other thing we have is our quarter magazine, Skewed and Reviewed magazine. We're working on the issue currently. That will include the 2022 holiday gift guide. And of course, you can catch us each week at uh, Sci-Fi Radio as they do a simulcast of our show. And each week I also do DJ Shay's Geek Nation on KSWFM. And the simulcast is on our page for syndicated and clergy smash bomb. Uh, so Sci-Fi Radio, all kinds of places. So try to cover as much as we can <laughs> with uh, quite a lot of uh, things out there. So I'm joined as always with Justin and Michael, and we've got a lot of stuff to run through today, so we'll get started right off. And I think what we'll do is we'll start with the news out of CW that hit late this week, and that is that Westworld is not going to be renewed for a fifth season. Uh, declining ratings, declining interest, as well as uh, CW's very aggressive efforts to, I shouldn't say CW, Warner Brothers, very aggressive efforts to control spending in the wake of the uh, Warner Brothers Discovery merger. They have been out canceling shows, canceling projects, uh, delaying film releases, uh, apparently attempting to save billions of dollars. Um, we all know about the uh, various shows that have been canceled outright. And now we have, uh, in addition, you know, recently Stargirl was told this is it, your new season is done. Uh, Babylon 5 on the CW is hanging in the limbo, and that is largely due to the CW being sold to another network. But a lot of people uh, were kind of shocked by Westworld in that it was one of the high-profile shows, and uh, they've trimmed it outright. So, uh, Justin, what do you think? Surprise or not a surprise? Uh, I'm going to be honest, it's really actually not that big of a surprise to me. Um, this, this is a little bit of just my own personal opinion about the show, but I lost interest, uh, after season two. Um, I I watched that. I thought the first season was incredible. Uh, and then the second season, I think really faltered. Um, I think, and, and based on, you know, what I had heard, a lot of the things I had heard about the third season, um, and onward, the show sort of went off, and it, it to give them you know benefit of the doubt, um, you know it's it's difficult doing the kind of show that they were trying to do because, uh, it it it's based on an old property. Obviously, there was a Westworld movie, which I believe was based on a Michael Crichton book. Um, uh, he wrote the screenplay. Yes, he wrote the screenplay. It was not a novel. That, that's right. Um, but, uh. You know, it's a it's a very focused concept. It's a uh, and it you know I, I always make the joke. You know, Michael Crichton really did like the the premise of a of a uh, of an amusement park gone awry um, because uh, there was Westworld and Jurassic Park. You know, it's these are like theme parks that just something goes wrong. It's really difficult to to make that to to stretch that out over a course of like five seasons unless you unless you make the show about something else. And that's sort of what Westworld became. Westworld became about 
artificial intelligence and, um, you know, aspects of like, you know, futurism and things like that. And uh, they were going off in uncharted waters, obviously, you know, it's they, they essentially made their own mythos. And um, for a lot of the people that I've spoken to, uh, it really kind of faltered um, in later seasons. And I think, you know, you could just look at the, the ratings at it just over time, I think people lost interest in it, and it was increasingly expensive uh, to try to, you know, make their vision reality. Um, so it doesn't shock me actually all that much. I thought this was going to happen um, at some point anyway. Um, you know, and I, I think this is sort of happening across the board, where uh, I think we're kind of entering a phase where a lot of these shows that uh, aren't quite... Um, you know, turning turning a, enough of a profit um, for the different studios, I think they're gonna you start to axe them. I think you uh, mentioned several other examples, um, and then you know we'll enter a new phase where they're gonna try some new ideas. So uh, it's not all bad. It's just um, you know, uh, it's just part of the the cycles of of what this of what happens in this business. Absolutely, Michael, your take, please. Yeah, and I completely agree with Justin. I thought the season one of Westworld was fantastic, and I honestly thought it should have ended there. Um, because at season two, and, and I haven't watched, I, I didn't even get through season two. I just couldn't anymore. Um, you know, once they left Westworld, and it started to become more of, you know, more of a futuristic androids and AI ruling the world, etc., and going into different things, I thought it completely lost its way. And, and I think that was... Again, part of the problem is they, they try to stretch some of these shows well beyond what their their purpose is. I mean, it would be kind of like, um, you know, if you watch the Jurassic Park, you watch the Jurassic Park movies, um, some of them are, are epic, some of them are less than epic, but it would be kind of like, you know, putting all those movies together in one season or, or maybe two seasons and then trying to stretch Jurassic Park through another three or four seasons where you're focusing the last couple seasons on them just rolling in the, you know, the normal world. I think people like the theme park idea. I know with Westworld, I liked, that was the whole interesting part was that it's a theme park where the, you know, androids uh, kind of start taking over and killing the guests and all that kind of thing, um, which I think was, that's its, that was its focus. But after that first season, they had no where to go with it. The focus was gone. Um, Maybe they tried. They should have extended that first season out into two seasons. Maybe doing a bit more with the the lore behind the park and dealing with the, the whole Westworld mythos. But once it kind of left Westworld and became something entirely different, um, you know, again, I had no interest. At some point, I'll probably watch season two again or get through it, and season three and season four. But I think a lot of people felt the same way. Is you know, Westworld was interesting when it was. Westworld, but after it became not Westworld anymore, a lot of people just didn't have that interest anymore. Absolutely. You know what's funny about it is we all forget the original film came out in 73 and it was groundbreaking, and of course as Justin mentioned, Jurassic Park. You can also say there were inspirations for the Terminator in it. You know, the non-stop roadrunner, gunslinger, relentlessly hunting down the guy no matter what he tried. Now, What's interesting is people often forget about this. There was a sequel called Future World, which came out 
And then there was also um, a very short-lived TV series in 1980 called Beyond Westworld that only ran about five episodes. Now, people may not remember Future Wolf because it did not do as, as well as the original, but the idea was interesting, was that the company, as someone came in and restarted the resort, and then they find out that what they're doing is they were replacing prominent figures and world leaders with android duplicates. So essentially, the idea was that we bring them into this resort as complimentary guests, time of their lives. We bump them off, replace them with an android duplicate who will essentially do our bidding in the world sphere. And of course, these two journalists who are there covering figure it all out and try to you know put a stop to it. And I thought that was an interesting idea because like you guys, I made it through season two and I'm like, this is just a real fuddled mess. Season three, I got about seven episodes through and I just stopped having any interest. I think I was literally at the point where I was forcing myself to watch it just because I kept thinking, what am I missing here? And it just became so muddled and convoluted trying to keep up with everything. And I remember recently when I saw that season four had wrapped and I was like, oh, there was a season four. Okay. You know, I'd been so uh, fixated on watching the new Game of Thrones and some of the other things. It got lost in the shuffle. And what's really funny about this is that uh, the cast is actually going to come out very well because apparently they negotiated pay or play deals with pay raises for a season five. So even though it's not happening, they still have to get paid. And uh, that the main players, that is. And then what is interesting is, of course, they're still going to save money because you don't have to pay all the production costs. And remember, that's also been an issue. Remember the times that they had these the weather-destroyed sets and delayed it, and then, uh, you know, here and there. But you have to sit there and look at some of the other properties that Warner Brothers has and go, you know, what exactly is going to happen? We had all this talk about they're doubling down on franchises. So we're going to get, uh, you know, DC and they've got James Gunn and company running it. And we have Henry Cavill coming back as Superman. And then of course, now we're hearing stories about they are okay with working with JK Rowling, despite the controversial nature of her. And they specifically said, we want more Harry Potter films, not more fantastic beast films, which have continued to underperform. But Harry Potter. So are you saying specifically Harry Potter related characters or more things in that universe? Who knows? But the fact is they're trying to literally slash things to the bone. And, you know, you, you, it's weird because you look at some of these things and it's like the Peacemaker's still going to have a season two. As far as we know, the uh, Blue Beetle movie still happening. The Penguin series is happening. Uh, let's see what else is there. You just, you know, you, you uh, the Dune TV series is happening. We know the second half of the movie's coming, but it is, you know, going to be really interesting if one of these high-profile films they have coming doesn't meet expectations. I was telling uh, uh, Justin before the film, uh, Dwayne Johnson's out there saying, well, if we do 475 to $500 million, uh, Black Adam is going to get a sequel because it's pretty much already planned out and written. Well, the number one three weeks in a row, and it's still at $274 million worldwide. Kind of Forever comes out next week, and I fully expect that to absolutely crush all the competition. I don't see a pathway to four to $500 million for the film, and here's yet another offering. And, you know, what are they going to come up with next? Here's Shazam, Fury of the Gods, and, you know, 
you do have to wonder. So hopefully, hopefully better things are ahead, but it is very uh, dicey for anybody who's a fan of those properties. Speaking of high-budget properties, uh, we got the full trailer for Avatar The Way of Water earlier this week, and it, of course, has set the internet, uh, you know, all with Twitter, as it were, and we've already heard that the third film is already wrapped and that they had actually done work on a fourth film, but uh, James Cameron has come out and said that actually they may only do three movies because a big chunk of it is going to be based on the reception, and it said they're very intrigued by the fact that the re-release of the original film did fantastic business. There's a lot of buzz on the trailer, but these are extremely expensive films, and there has been a large gap between one and two. They need to do exceptionally well, and uh, so that's where they are. They're, you know, we said love to do five films, but we may only get to do three. Michael, what do you make of that? Well, I mean, so so a couple of things. One is I do think part of the issue with that, and I, I love the first one. Don't get me wrong. I'm excited for the second one to come out. Um, but I, I but I, these huge gaps in between movies tend to kind of people kind of forget. Uh, people grow up. People you know move on. You know, it's it's hard to do sequels when we're talking whatever it's been eight, ten years since the first one. So I can I can appreciate them wanting to try to get get these things in within a couple, three or four years. You know, I'm not a big fan of a sequel every other year or every year, but I do think it's important that you kind of keep your audience and the audience's age um, in perspective when you're, you're doing these kind of movies. Um, so, um, so I think it's good to be proactive and prepare for a release schedule when you're talking, you know, a couple of years. And, and given the, the sets they use, given the, the cost of everything, maybe it was in their best interest to finish two and three around the same time from a budgeting perspective. But I do, I do think there comes a point where you need to see how the, the second is received, knowing that you already have the third out there without going ahead and planning a fourth and a fifth to be released, um, you know, right away. I, again, I'm not saying that that – uh, two and three aren't going to do well. I'm sure they will. And trilogies tend to be, you know, if, if, if this follows any other trilogy um, series, what we know is first ones tend to be outstanding. Second ones tend to be, with the exception of maybe Empire Strikes Back, um, the second ones tend to be a, kind of trying to, to spread out that first movie, and they tend to be a little bit less um, interesting, I guess. Third ones tend to be, um, again, going with you know, Jurassic Park and uh, maybe the prequels and some of those other ones. The third movies tend to be even um, kind of even lose less interest. Uh, maybe still do well, but just don't have the, the staying power of the first one. I think it's probably a wise decision not to be planning four and five. Again, I'm not saying these aren't going to be outstanding. I just don't know if the interest and the, uh, the world itself lends itself to having five movies. Yeah, I think uh, Michael brings up a lot of good points there. That um, again, this is also a little bit of my own just personal bias, I think. But um, it, it's difficult for me. And I, again, I like I like Avatar a lot. Um, it was it was a good movie, but to me, it, like it didn't have the staying power as other 
big franchises that um you know that even james cameron had been involved with you know alien i know this is like not a very good comparison but uh you know alien came out and then aliens came out and it became a giant cultural icon uh you know there's comic books there's movies there's uh video games there's more movies there's now tv shows coming out avatar is a weird uh movie because it's it was so extremely successful but it spawned very little out of it um and so it didn't really have that sort of cultural staying power a lot of different other uh franchises have um to the point where you know you know it was a great movie you know people went out and they saw it you know and people uh, remember it fondly like oh yeah i remember going to see avatar i, I remember seeing it in, in 3d um, you know, they, there's there's a lot of memory about seeing the movie, but I haven't really seen any evidence that there's been like a huge appetite for more. Um, that said, you know, I do think the second movie is going to be enormously successful. People are, you know, when it comes out, I think it's, you know, people are going to remember. Oh, I remember seeing Avatar, and oh, this looks this looks you know visually fantastic. You know, I'll, I'll go see it. But um, the the tricky thing is I wonder like like how much story that they have um to spawn four movies out of it. Um, like what Michael's talking about. I think unless you have a very good uh story arc kind of already planned out, which might might be definitely might be the case, um you know, it that's gonna be difficult to try to, you know, get the the you know, the momentum going to, to really spawn four movies out of it. And I think that's probably why James Cameron is sort of talking about uh, gauging reception because, you know, Avatar was one of those things where it's very, you know, it's a good, it's a good complete package. Like you go, you watch the movie and it's hard to, for, at least for me to, to fathom like what more they could do with the idea. Um, Obviously, you know, based on the trailer that the humans are coming back, there's probably going to be a big conflict again with between you know the the navi and the and the humans again um you know and without expanding their world so to speak uh how 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 many more movies can they get out of it uh unless they really have like a pretty solid uh story arc planned um for like another trilogy so i'm curious to see how this goes uh it, i always thought it was a little odd uh to begin with that they were announcing so many you know, it's it's definitely not traditional. Usually, you know, with with franchises, you announce like one at a time. Even even Marvel sort of announces stuff just in phases, um, and they're they're you know they don't and they they typically don't announce like Doctor Strange four, five, and six at the same time. Usually, it's like Doctor Strange, you know, he's getting his next sequel in the next phase. But obviously, you know, the MCU is a much bigger project, but. Still, you know, I I think it was just kind of abnormal that they announced. Uh, initially, I think it was supposed to be five movies, maybe uh, if I remember right. Um, but then, you know, over time, it's like, oh, you know, we're, we're making four, we're making like two, three, and four at the same time, and then now it's maybe we're only doing one, two, or or two and three at the same time. So it's um, it's definitely abnormal. Um, but uh, you know, I I think the way I sort of took it is that, you know, two is definitely coming out. Obviously it's coming out this, uh, next year. Right. Um, and then, 
there's probably going to be another one, but uh, number four, I think, is kind of up in the air. Yeah, well, two and three are pretty much given. They've already filmed three, so even if the thing bombs outright, which I don't see happening, that's not, you know, that's going to happen. But what is interesting is there's some really intriguing little bits and pieces about it. So, as I mentioned, they re-released the film, the original film, a few weeks ago. And this is, even with it available on streaming services, even with it available on home video, it did $76 million worldwide. And that kind of took everyone by storm. They thought, okay, you're going to have a few people that maybe want to go see it again in the new cleaned-up IMAX and 3D and all of that. But $76 million worldwide kind of told them, yeah, there's still a market out there. And, of course, we're supposed to get this new state-of-the-art 3D, and then you get all the water... Uh, techniques and all of that, and of course Cameron and company, or actually not Cameron, but uh, I think one of the writers came out and said, you're not going to be able to predict where these stories are going. This is not going to be as linear as you think it is. And then you look at the box office, 2.9, almost 3 billion worldwide for the original film. And then of course you had the DVD sales and all of that. So you sit there and you go, this is such a hard thing. Let's not even bring the whole Oscar discussion into it. If the movie makes a billion dollars, by any stretch of the imagination, it should. By any stretch of the imagination, it would be a success. The problem will be, compared to the original, you could say, oh, well, it didn't do so well. It made a third of what the original did. And then you have the whole situation of just how much is the budget on this thing. So, you know, there's that. And then you talked about the supporting product. You know, Avatar Frontiers of Pandora, which is coming from Ubisoft, a lot of speculation that we still may not see it until 2023 or 2024. But the one advantage it has is that I don't see a lot of competition uh, for a while. Looking at the release calendar, once Avatar launches, you're going to have maybe Megan on January 6th, which, you know, that'll appeal to the horror people, but I don't think it's going to be a big, you know, break down the walls thing. The closest thing I see that looks like any kind of real competition um, is going to be uh, Magic Mike's Last Dance in February, because these films do tend to do all right within a select audience. And then, of course, Ant-Man and the Wasp, Quantumania, but that's not coming until February 17th. So if they play their cards right, like the Star Wars films when they release them in December, they could have an extended run of little to no competition for pretty much release date into February. Um, You know, I'm not saying it's going to be number one for six weeks, but if they get three weeks at number one, maybe four weeks, and then on top of it, continue to draw in, I think uh, that'll be good enough. But see, then the whole argument begins again. Start at three, what happens if one three comes out? It doesn't, so... It'll be interesting to see where they decide, yeah, we're full in on four. Is it going to be if two goes well, or is three going to have to do well? So a lot of interesting things to keep an eye on. Uh, Another thing I wanted to mention, and I know this is something Justin is really big on, we are getting some rumors that Diablo 4 may actually see the light of day in April of 2023. What do you think about this? Yeah, um... I did see that rumor. Um, 
that'd be very exciting if true because april it's definitely much sooner than i would have expected initially just because of how long you know blizzard you typically take so i do take it with a grain of salt you know blizzard was is has been uh over the course of their history notorious for blizzard time um sort of like valve time like they just release stuff um it, frequently frequently will delay things um over and over and over and over again um but you know they also have that pedigree for quality uh typically yeah they, they typically have that pedigree for quality um but uh you know they, they've they're out kind of talk like they've been doing a lot of interviews lately about the uh, excuse me about the game and showing off some footage and it does look like it's shaping up you know really well it looks like it's in a in a pretty good state so it wouldn't actually shock me that much based on what they're saying and uh what we've seen of the gameplay that you know it does look very polished in a very polished position um so it wouldn't shock me a ton if it was ready by april um but you know april's really not that far away uh you know if you think about it i mean i know it's in the next year but we're at we're at the end of 2022 uh that would only be uh about six months away um so uh that would be pretty exciting um you know i I, my initial thought would have been that it uh would release kind of in the fall just when you know big releases release but you know if you go back and you look blizzard kind of releases uh their titles whenever um diablo 3 launched in the summer so um you know i I think april is is feasible um and that would be you know at least for me pretty exciting because it does actually look uh like it's shaping up um in everything they're saying about it uh, sounds really good. Yeah, very interesting. Michael, your take, please. Yeah, I, I mean, I, I'm excited for it, so I would like it obviously released when it's ready. Uh, but to Justin's point, I, I think April is a little aggressive. Um, they have been building a lot of hype for it. They've been showing off a lot, so maybe they really are going to be ready by then. Um, with everything that's been going on, um, just in general around Blizzard, um, I don't suspect that they're going to release anything that they don't feel is polished enough to do so um you know similar to what they did with the the warcraft 3 revision um and a lot of the the drama that's been behind overwatch 2 of course um so i think they're i I think while that might might be the target date um given some of the the recent news um, because again blizzard has a pedigree for doing um extraordinary things and releasing high quality things i think their goal is to ensure they're they're getting back on track that way so while that might be the the target date i wouldn't be surprised if they need to push it they will yeah and i just kind of wonder what is going on with with uh things because there are so many things up in the air i mean let's not forget that there's still that pending acquisition by microsoft uh dangling out there and you know there have been reports that BlizzCon's coming back in person, but a lot of people say, well, that's not going to happen until November of next year, speculation. We've got E3 coming back. We've got the uh, questions about what exactly is the Summer Game Fest going to do because they have talked about doing in-person events and all of that. So there's a lot of moving parts because the question would be, I think the game will sell just fine on its own and that they don't necessarily need to have the big... um, showcase event to launch it but at the same time that often does help is that 
you have something. Of course, now we know they could do a big virtual event and launch it that way or hype it that way. But, um, you know, let's also remember Redfall and uh, Starfield are also supposed to come out around that time. Uh, just before it, we also had that situation of uh, Dead Space remake is coming out early next year. Some of these may get pushed back. Maybe they won't. But that's always a big question is do you want to release too close to a major title? Uh, generally speaking, that hasn't been as big an issue lately. I think the only problem has been if you release it directly against something the same weekend. Um, the argument being that people who are fans of a franchise will generally know it's coming, plan for it, and if they're released a week or two apart, what's it matter? But it will be interesting to see what they do with that. Another thing that came out really brief on this one is that apparently Disney Plus out of Italy has leaked that there is a Grogu shortcoming and that it may show up as early as next week. And this is very interesting because Andor is wrapping up its current season. Uh, I believe the Bad Batch is next. And then, of course, we're hearing stories about um, the new season of The Mandalorian will be coming in February. So... Keep an eye on that. But the, the next thing I wanted to talk about, guys, is San Diego Comic-Con. They had their uh, open registration yesterday. Uh, they already had the returning registration. And to the surprise of no one, it sold out very quickly, all four days. So, Michael, uh, what do you think? Is this uh, a big shock for you? No, I don't think it's a big shock at all. I, I think that's uh, been pretty much expected. I know we got our tickets for Thursday and Friday. Um, but it was pretty much sold out within an hour or so. Not, not surprised at least. Yeah, Justin, your take? No, yeah, I, I agree. It's, um, you know, I, I think a lot of these shows or uh, these events are going to kind of go back to the way they were, uh, selling out very quickly and being very popular. Yeah, it, it, you know, it's funny. Like I said, I'm being sarcastic here. There is no surprise that the Comic Con sold out as quickly as it did, and uh, you know, there were some so-called. Uh, people saying, well, you know, you have to remember last year we had the people that had their tickets from, uh, what was it, 2020 rolled over two years, so they didn't have as many tickets available because you had all the people from, uh, you know, as you said, 2020 rolled over to 2021, rolled over to 2022. And I can tell you from being there, there was absolutely uh, no let up. It was still a full on show with all the participation and uh, people were there, people, it was packed and people were very excited for what they saw and of course we can only hope that things continue to improve as they will and that the show next year is going to be even bigger and better because uh, it, I mean as I discussed during my coverage there are just, people will say well there's all these other cons but they, none of them have the impact that San Diego Comic Con did and I remember having a gap of a couple of hours before some interviews. So I was like, fine, I'm going to wander around. I'm going to see what's going on. I was able to get into Hall H, wasn't even sure what was being shown. And I sat down and they're like, oh, it's for the Lord of the Rings. And then all of a sudden, full orchestra, Bear McCready comes out. And you're like, you know, plays the theme music. And you sit there and go, how many other conventions? None. Put this kind of oomph on it. And then all of a sudden, Stephen Colbert comes out, and you're like, oh my, you know, this is crazy. It's not just all the big guests you expect, all the first looks, the sneak previews, all the news. 
it is all the surprise guests. You know, we talked about Black Adam earlier, and people said, I, I wasn't able to stay for this one, but people said Dwayne Johnson just dropped right from the ceiling in full Black Adam costume. Place went crazy. And, you know, that's the thing. Every time the show happens, there's all these expectations, and they always seem to surpass it. And it'll be really, really interesting to see uh, what goes on. And I, it'll be really interesting to me because I did not see any let up. I mean, yeah, you could say, well, this company was usually there and they weren't there. And this company wasn't usually there. But the ones that were there more than made up for it. The boots were not scaled back. They were as large and fancy as ever. I expect them to be even bigger and better going forward. You know, Michael, we talked about the uh, there were more activations. You know, people said they were going to be smaller in size, but there would be more of them. And the ones that I saw were extremely creative. You know, we sent helpers out, and they were just, you know, blown away by what they are. So it'll be very, very interesting because as we start to look at the calendar, uh, you know, we have CES coming up, and then we have, um, what is it, we have CinemaCon coming up, and we have WonderCon coming up, and then that, of course, will take us into the big game ones. We're still waiting to see about Toy Fair New York. We're told it's coming back, but, you know, nothing yet. And of course, taxis, da-da-da-da, we got LA Comic-Con coming up. So, very, very excited to see what's coming. So well, I mean, one more, yeah, one more point on that. So the four-day passes, which you which you have to buy in order to get the preview night, sold out in 30 minutes. Um, Saturday sold out in about 45 minutes, um, and the rest of it was sold out in an hour. So clearly there's a lot of interest. Clearly there were a lot of people complaining about how it was not fair, and some some there were some magic people that somehow got tickets. I don't know. Um, I sat in line along with my wife. We both have login. She didn't get well, I got the tickets for us, so it wasn't a big deal, but we waited and watched the rest of it sell out. You know, she she got off of the out of the line, but we watched it on their website, and yeah, it was it was definitely not any um, slower than it has been years past. Yeah, Michael, I did have a question on that. Were you able to do returning registration, or you had no, to, no, uh, we had to do, you didn't yeah. go last year? Okay, correct. Okay, just making sure. I wasn't sure how that worked, but you know, it, it's odd because everybody seems to have this set up and you know it what really boggles my mind is I follow some of the Comic-Con forums quite frequently and there were there are still people that come on oh I think I'm going to go this year how do you get tickets and it's like oh where do I buy my ticket and it's oh yeah there's lots of those <laughs> this has been pretty much understood for ages and then on top of it what really blows my mind is that number one, they have there's still opportunities to go. I mean, you can do volunteering. You can you know try to help if you know anybody who's a vendor. You could try to help them out. You could always try to apply for press if you have an outlet that that's available. But what really blows my mind is that they also have the eBay sales that benefit charities dumped through the Comic Con Museum, things like that. So if you're willing to pay extra, there is that option. But what really really floored me was there were people who were doing the returning registration and it's kind of crazy how you know we've talked about the entitled nature of these things and how people just get really snippy about things and i understand it's very frustrating and it's very easy for us to say well when you have your press set up it's a different thing and i get that but there when they did the returning registration there were people 
complaining. I remember one guy just venom-filled post. The only thing available was Thursday and Sunday, and those are garbage days for me, and I'm not going to bother with that, so I didn't bother. And people were like, you know, you're absolutely stupid because, number one, if you take any one of those tickets, you're automatically guaranteed a returning registration shot next year. You still have your chance to make it to get the days that you want in open registration, and they worked out the whole math that um, – if you took your chances at open registration, I think it went down to like a 5% chance of getting I'm sure. what you want because you were competing against every single person. And they were like, just take Thursday and Sunday. You're in the building. Take your chances on trying to get the other days. And if not, at least you have two chances next year. And, you know, I sit there and I look at it and go, who exactly is complaining about Thursday? That's traditionally as one of our busier days, Thursday and Friday. Thursday is the best shopping day. We yeah, always absolutely. have to get all our shopping in. <laughs> absolutely. And, you know, like for me, I usually get, depending on the year, I've had years where it's bang, hit the ground running Thursday, you're in. I've had days where it's Thursday is, okay, I don't really have a lot of interviews till the afternoon. I can go and see panels, and I will sit in, um, I'm drawing a blank, I, I can't, uh, the Indigo Ballroom and watch uh, panels there, depending on whatever it is, or I can zip by 20 and that sort of thing. And, you know, again, as somebody who goes to the shows, you got to realize these are rare, valuable tickets. If something's being offered to you, take it. I mean, all right, I could maybe understand someone say, gee, I can only get Sunday, and maybe that's not, you know, the bigger panels tend to be the days before. Maybe I don't want to take my chance of spending all the money coming out and so on and so forth. But again, back to the same issue. At least you're in the building. At least you have chances for next year. So, go yeah, and I mean, we have we have Thursday, Friday, and Sunday available to us. But uh, Sunday for us, it was better to let other people have that day if they wanted it versus us staying on Sunday, just because most of the stuff we need to get done will be done by Friday, anyways. So. Exactly. And see, and for me, I don't even know what my schedule is going to be yet, but I just simply say, you know, I plan on trying to be there for preview night. That's something we've folded in the last couple of years, but at least I can say Thursday, Friday, Saturday, absolutely going to be covering. If there's something I need to get to Sunday, we normally do like a quick uh, check around of some of the exterior stuff on Sunday and then head home, depending on what the schedule is going to be. But I, you know, I'm excited. We were all set up and verified for our press stuff and, you know, looking forward to, in fact, you know, the, the hard thing I have to do right now is it's about time to start looking at WonderCon and deciding, are we going to pitch any panels this year and see how that's going to go? And the answer will probably be, yeah, we'll throw our hat into the ring and see if anything gets picked like it had in the past years, but crazy, crazy times and very exciting. The final thing I wanted to just wrap up with today is that the, uh, Halloween stuff, obviously, is all finished at the theme parks. They've done exceptionally well with them. But now the uh, time of year has switched over to the holiday celebrations. And no surprise, Disneyland, Knott's Berry Farm, uh, SeaWorld, and, of course, uh, Universal Studios are already getting decked out. I've seen photos of some of the decorations of Knott's Berry Farm. We're going to be there in December before and after our holiday Disney cruise to take a look at it, and we uh, got an invite, very excited about this, to go out and check out uh, SeaWorld in a couple of weeks, so we're going to go there and see their holiday celebration 
Uh, we've talked about uh, Legoland. We have the tree lighting coming up for that, so we're going to send uh, a team for that. And of course, you know, while it would be great, I don't know if we can swing getting out to Disney because our window's a little tight, you know, with the Disney cruise and all of that. But we'll start off. Uh, Michael, what are you, you know, you have any excitement or anything you're really curious about seeing uh, or hearing about with Disney or any of the parks for the holidays? No, I'm, we're not going to get out there for the holidays. Um, but obviously, I think that's a pretty exciting time of year for a lot of folks. A, it's, well, Southern California is always nice, so you can't really uh, complain too much. Uh, but I, the, it does give it more of a wintry feel. It's a little bit colder. And then obviously with all the holiday decorations and, and, and that kind of thing, it's a pretty magical time. I mean, we won't, again, we're not going to be probably getting out there this year. But still, it's an exciting time, I think, for a lot of folks to really get to ex- experience these things. And Justin, your thoughts on it? Yeah, pretty much same Same for me. Uh, I won't be able to get out there, but uh, definitely a good um, destination for people. Um, it's Yeah, the weather's going to be great, so... Um, yeah, if, if you have the opportunity to go, you should go. What I'm curious about is, uh, I get to see, uh, the movie soon. And then, uh, you know, we got Black Panther, Wakanda Forever, expecting it really big. We got some, uh, photos and I'm going to be loading them up very soon. Uh, talking about some of the Wakanda Forever merchandise, foods and items that are going to be there. And the great thing about it is, of course, we have Avengers Campus, which I was finally able to. Uh, visit recently during the Oogie Boogie Halloween Bash, and uh, I'm curious to see that whole setup lit up for the holidays. So it'll be very, very, very interesting to see all how all that plays out because there's just so many really interesting um, things to you know look forward to. And I think as we get closer and closer. I'm really curious to see some of the big announcements, uh, like, for example, the Disney Vacation Club Tower that's currently being built at the Disneyland Resort, uh, the discussions from the D23 Expo about an, uh, two new attractions coming to Avengers Campus, and then, of course, seeing what the, uh, you know, the future will hold. It'll be very, very interesting. And that is going to do it for us this week, everybody. I hope you have a very safe week and a good week ahead. Uh, make sure you check back next week, and we'll have a recap of all the big and breaking news from the week. Until that time, take care and be well. <laughs>